0: Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this interview today is with Phil Esterman. He is the Learning Development Manager at Husqvarna. Now, for anybody who's been paying attention, robotic mowers are everywhere now. They're starting to become something that could be their new norm, that whatever size yard you've got, there's a robotic mower for you. I've looked at robotic vacuums in the past. I know a lot about them. I was fascinated to hear more about the mowing side. Is it the same? Is it the same technology? Apparently not. Without further ado, here is Phil Esterman, Learning Development Manager at Husqvarna. Now, Phil, it's an Aussie tradition to hear mowers fire up on a Saturday morning, and Husqvarna has been helping sing that song for years in Australia, but now those mowers we hear could be robotic. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the history of robotic mowers at Husqvarna. Okay.
1: Um, The history goes back to 1995 when we released our first uh, solar-powered robotic mower, as a matter of fact. So we've had 25 years, really, of um, refining the, the technology, so for us, I think today uh, we've come a long way when it comes to robotic models. This is our, what we call our third generation. Um, obviously we've had generation one, generation two. So, you know, as, as technology evolves, um, we've overcome whatever teething issues we may have had or, or landscape or terrain type challenges uh, over those um, years. And I think as it stands today in the year 2020, we have a, a workable solution that we simply just install set it up, uh, and it'll go away and mow your lawn um, quite seamlessly. So, Pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty exciting. Um, I think the technology, uh, my background is in IT, so um, for a lawn mowing company, uh, I fit quite in, and that's why I'm quite involved in, in the robotic mower side. Uh, I also look after some of their digital solutions. So I've set up the robotic mowers to now work uh, with Alexa and Google Home, for example. So um, the technology... Uh, as I said, has really evolved, and I think that's one of the differences between Husvana and some of the competitors coming on the market today. Um, For many of those, they're they're a Generation 1, so they're yet to still go through all of this um, technology uh, teething and adaptation to the Australian um, landscape that that we have been going through, Mm -hmm. and uh, as a result, uh, also for us, we're way ahead when it comes to um, features, so... Uh, one particular feature, for example, is GPS navigation. Um, so that way you can pinpoint pretty much the exact location of, of your automower at any given time. And that doubles as a security feature as well, whereby you can set up a geofence. And if the mower is picked up and taken outside the radius of that geofence, uh, it will trigger an, an audible alarm, plus notify you via the app on your phone um, that the mower has been removed from its location. So you've got a nice GPS theft tracking um, built in. Uh, you've also got the Automower Connect app, which can be downloaded from either the Play Store or the um, App Store. And that enables you to remotely control um, your automower um, via the app on the phone. So you can start, stop it, park it, adjust the cutting height um, all via the app, or then if you link it to um, your Amazon or Google Home Assistant then you can simply use voice activated commands, start, stop, park and so on. So really, the technology has uh, evolved uh, over the years. Um, and one of the other areas that we're, we're also setting up is um, linking it into one of the apps called IFTTT. Mm. If uh, If this, then that. And um, the automo works works very well with IFTTT. So, for example, you can ask the automo to park or when it parks itself. Uh, it can turn the lights on at home and things like this. So, uh, and we've really evolved it beyond just a lawn mowing uh, device um, to really a, a true robotic, um, I guess, robotic appliance around the household.
0: Now, when we take it sort of back to its its basics or what this mower actually is, it's it's powered by by a battery instead of you know a typical four stroke motor that we would see in a push or, or a ride on mower.
1: Yep, <laughs> sorry,
0: Jeff. <laughs> no, you're all right. Um, what is what is the main reason behind behind having it powered by battery instead of uh, four stroke?
1: Uh, well, it's the the whole powering uh, mechanism. Firstly, it's a lithium ion battery uh, that's powered that goes and sits in the mower, but it, it needs to be paired with a charging station. Mm-hmm. And what that enables the uh, the mower uh, to do is to be able to mow at different times of the day or depending on the size of the block, maybe mow 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And whenever it needs to recharge, uh, it automatically finds its way back to the charging station, uh, docks itself uh, and then recharges. And then once it's fully recharged, it comes back out and and continues to mow the lawn. So if you look at that compared to a conventional um, four-stroke lawnmower engine, um, whereby you'd have to stop, refuel it and so on, um, you don't have any of that worry Uh, anymore with a robotic mower and as I said you just set it up initially um, to how you'd like it to be mowing um, days of the week times of the day uh, and so on and cutting height and then the mower Mm -hmm. will will pretty much just um, do that automatically for you.
0: And I guess I, I look at this in the same way that I that I have with robotic vacuums. You know, I've I've tested so many of those around around my home, but but there's obviously some some bigger differences beyond just the fact that one's a vacuum and one's a mower. Can you explain the differences between the two, primarily when it comes to more the navigation of them? Because the mower acts very differently in terms of navigation to the way a robotic vacuum would.
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, interestingly enough, with the, the advent of robotic uh, vacuums in the household over the last few years, uh, that's really spurred on interest in, in a natural extension to that by having a robotic mower in the garden. Mm. Um, in terms of navigation, from what I understand, the vacuum cleaners essentially just use sensors. Um, and then I'm not sure how they find their way back to any kind of docking station. But with the um, auto mowers that we have, um, the heart of it is the charging station. Uh, We run a a perimeter cable so that uh, out from the charging station, we run a a cable. Um, Typically, we would bury that underground and that sets then the perimeter So when the mower reaches that perimeter cable, uh, it triggers off some sensors and says, I've reached the boundary. What should I do? Back up 30 centimetres, turn left, uh, reverse, turn left and go off in another direction. Uh, In terms of finding its way back to the charging station, uh, again, we run guide wires. So Mm. typically a guide wire, if it's a very large installation, uh, we can have up to three guide wires. And what the mower will do is when um, the battery gets to a certain uh, threshold, uh, then what it'll do is it'll start to say, hey, I need to recharge. And it'll start to search initially for the charging station if it's within the vicinity. Uh, If you can't locate the charging station after a couple of minutes, uh, it will then search for the location of, of one of those guide wires. Uh, as, it, as it searches, it's just searching in a random pattern. Eventually, it comes across the guide wire and says, ah, that's the signal for the guide wire. I'll jump on that and follow that back all the way to the charging station. In the event that it can't locate the guide wire, or there isn't one installed or perhaps the cable's got broken, um, what it'll do then is um, latch on to the boundary wire and start following the boundary wire uh, home. Um, so, it yeah, always there's really three ways to find its way um, back home either straight to the charging station, follow the guide wire, or follow the boundary wire.
0: And when we do think about um, again going back to the differences between them, how you know a robot vacuum really relies mostly on, on sensors. I, I I don't put guide wires in my home, for example, yeah. but a indoor situation is so different to outdoors where the vacuum is not going to get muddy or anything like that where those sensors could be impaired. Is, is that why the guide wire is so important? Because it really provides that hardware-type boundary which tells the vacuum, do not come and mow this garden, um, you know, to actually stop and, and keep moving. Is that, is that the real reason for the guide wire and why it still exists at the moment?
1: Uh, it's mainly to do with the size. Um, what you'll find with our um, automowers, I mean, they range from 600 square metres uh, right up to 5,000 square metres plus or minus 20%. So if you think about a five thousand square meter property, uh, the mower mm. could be right in the back corner, and when it needs to recharge, so um, it risks if it follows the boundary back, it risks that's the like the long way around, yeah. And it does risk running out of battery um, by the time it gets back to the charging station. So really, the guide wire is designed um, for it to be able to find the quickest way back to the charging station. Interesting. Yeah, so, and you know, in some cases, if you, if you um, have only a six hundred square meter block. Um, And depending on the model, um, you don't necessarily have to run a guide wire.
0: Okay. Okay. And when you do have sort of two very separate front and backyards where you would actually only have the dock, um, say, in the backyard, is it possible to just lift and move the robotic uh, mower to the front yard and just set it free within a guide wire sort of perimeter? Or does it really rely on that base station to start its navigation um, for mowing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And we get asked a lot about that by um, customers. So there's a couple of solutions when we come through that way. Uh, it's possible to set up secondary areas. And okay. uh, at my place, that's what I have. So I have my main area there. And um, I've got a couple of steps down to my front nature strip. And mm-hmm. what I've done then is just create a secondary area. So as we run the boundary uh, wire around, um, it just goes through the hedge, the, the goes down to where the nature strip is, and then I create another loop around the nature strip, and then just back up parallel to where I came in um, back to get back into the main area. So what that means Mm -hmm. is, in effect, I've got two areas now joined together um, by that um, boundary wire. And when I want Mm -hmm. to mow the secondary area, I just lift it up, put it on the nature strip, um, open the hatch and just hit start, secondary area, and then just say, do I want to mow for 30 minutes, 90 minutes or until the battery's flat? So that's a really good solution um, for a lot of people. Um, yeah. set up uh, secondary areas where front and, and rear are not accessible. Uh, on larger properties, uh, it is possible to uh, run multiple um, charging stations with the one machine. So, for example, Good. you could have two charging stations or three charging stations. So you have one doing the front, one doing the back, one doing maybe the orchard. <coughs> and you can simply pick up the uh, mower, uh, move it to where the orchard may be, for example, Uh, and then just set up a new profile profile would be orchard Uh, and and in that profile it'll have the cutting height that you desire Uh, it'll have the mowing hours saved Uh, it'll be paired already to that charging station so again you just hit main area and start mowing so there's a couple of um, uh, solutions that we we have um, to overcome this and there's no with secondary areas there's no real limit so we've run four or five uh, for people as long as I mean the only downside of course is you've got to lift the mower from one area to another.
0: Yeah yeah, that's fine. And one of the, and,
1: sorry Jeff one of the experiences though uh, we've found um, over the years is that a lot of people end up terraforming their properties so they'll go oh, well I don't really want a, a secondary area so I'll knock out that bush or I'll cut a hole in the fence <laughs> so the mower, <laughs> mower can traverse from A to B uh, itself we can car- create a a narrow passageway up to sixty centimeters um, for the mower then to traverse from one area to another.
0: I love that idea. And when it comes to those tricky spots, and and with any mower, not just obviously with um, robotic ones, it's hard to get into those spaces. And usually, we're going back through with a with a whippersnapper or something like that to go in to go and sort that out. Is there ever a, a thought that that could end up being attached? To the mower so that it can try and get into those those corners where you might have a patio or something like that or or is that almost then risking the the, the potential that it's going to also cut your rose bushes as well
1: yeah again uh, another good um question that we ask, and we have a setting on on the machine generally we'll set the boundary cable about um 30 centimeters from a brick wall uh okay. about uh 25 centimeters from a, a rose garden let's say and about 10 centimeters from a footpath and what what that means is is really um by having the 30 or 35 centimeter from the wall it just prevents the mower from knocking into the into the brick wall now it's pretty pretty robust um in the way that it's been built so all you're really going to hear is a thud um for example but if it's mowing Mm -hmm. at night sometimes that can be a bit annoying for people um, the rose bed about uh, 30 centimetres from the, from the edge will just prevent the wheels, uh, front wheels getting stuck into the flower bed. So what it'll do is it drives past the boundary wire, picks up that signal and says, oh, I need to reverse uh, and go in a different direction. And obviously if it's a flat footpath um, with 10 centimetres, it'll just drive right over and the, and the front wheels will just be sitting on the footpath. And, and what that does, of course, is minimise the amount of trimming then that's required.
0: I love that as well. It's good to know that it can get, I guess, not just to the guide wire, but close enough that it is cutting at least you know the grass above the guide wire as well before it starts to um, to, to move on. Which 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 means you're going to get a closer cut than you'd actually probably imagine yeah, from one of when these machines.
1: And installation um, will also fine tune it. There is a setting on the machine called drive past wire.
0: Okay.
1: that'll allow you to increase it or decrease it by one or two centimeters uh, each time. So you can, if you're quite far away, you can. So, well, it's leaving a little bit too much trimming, so I'll just inch it up a little bit more so it drives past that wire a little bit closer. So you can sort of fine-tune it to really minimize the amount of trimming. But but we do stress to customers it is an auto mower, not an auto trimmer. So (laughs) so there will always still be a, a certain amount of trimming required
0: fair enough and I think the price of these products um, can be a potential barrier for some people despite the benefits of you know getting all that time back instead of having to mow on the day the the latest model that i've that i've seen has much larger front and back wheels than than previous models was that a potential reason where why people steered clear of these uh, robotic mowers before because they may have gotten stuck or something like that
1: um, no, uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I think firstly, on, on the price, ours, ours vary from uh, 1499 which is really the same price as a robot vacuum cleaner these days, mm. right up to $5,999. Um, what we're finding people with larger properties, um, they're actually putting two of the mowers in side by side and, and replacing their $10,000 ride-on that they may have had. So, at the end of the day, they don't have the running costs. They don't have the, the, the petrol, the maintenance associated with that, not to mention mm-hmm. the amount of time uh, it frees up for them to do uh, other activities. So, uh, I think price-wise, um, we're, we're really at the right level now. Um, I think some of the technology, if you look at some of the TVs out there, they're going for four, five, six, ten thousand dollars <laughs> 5000 yep. um, So, I think price-wise, you know... I, And it's the same price as a ride-on product as well so i don't think price is really a a barrier as such um, these days probably the main uh, barrier um, that we hear about is that i like to mow the lawns (laughs) yeah Um, but again these are a lot of people you'll see they'll say that in september but when uh, it's 42 degrees in february and and the grass is growing every week you're having to do it um, i'd like to ask them the question in february not in september (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'll I'll get a different answer. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I think there are many, many um, benefits uh, on on a robotic uh, mower, but the main one really is about I think freeing up time is one um, key factor. Uh, You know, a lot of people are are fairly time poor now, uh, Mm. and it's taking them anything from one to two or more hours to to mow their lawns. Um, Particularly if you're getting into the semi-rural, rural type applications, then it's taking them a lot longer. No, so I think it certainly frees up a lot more time for people to do other activities. and I'm sure there's always something to be done around the house or, or even some sort of um, leisure activities to, to undertake. So I think in that sense, it's, it's a real time-saving. Um, the other good thing with a robotic mower is that it leaves a, a near-perfect um, finish. So if you're a particular person that really likes to have a nice manicured-type um, lawn, um, then the robotic mower will probably give you the best finish on the market, and the reason for that is it uses um, Stanley knife type uh, blades to cut the grass. Yeah. And because they're Stanley knife, what they do is they actually slice the grass nice and and square, whereas typically with a a, a lawn mower, um, because of the heavy duty blade it has on it, it tends to tear the grass more. So the actual grass blade itself is jagged on the end. So if you were to look at that, then it's a bit of a rough finish, whereas with a robotic mower, because it actually cuts it nice and straight, um, when you look back after a few weeks after the installation, um, it looks almost like carpet. Mm. So it does a terrific job. Um, And, of course, all of those uh, clippings get fed back into the lawn um, as natural fertiliser. So within a month or two, your lawn comes up um, beautiful and green and and real carpet-like. So, um, you know, that's, as I said, that, that's one of the key benefits as well.
0: Okay. And I guess going going back to, to the, the newest model that you've now got uh, on the market, given it has got quite a different design in terms of its, it almost looks like the front and, and rear are almost separate in some ways where you've got the, the, the rear wheel steering and things yeah. like that, but having the larger wheels as well, was it, was it a decision that you noticed through climbs and things like that, that it needed those those bigger wheels to perform properly?
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, the, the new model, the 435X all-wheel drive, yeah. um, is really a, a unique uh, design. It's got a front uh, unit, uh, and it's also got a rear unit, and it's connected between the two um, with a connecting arm. And so, by all-wheel drive, it actually has a wheel motor for each of the four wheels, mm. whereas the... Um, previous models would only have two wheel motors driving the rear wheels and and the the front wheels would be like casters on a a shopping trolley Uh, so with the the four all wheel drive we've got the four wheel motors um, we've got that articulated uh, design so that really enables it to climb up to 35 degree incline which is really quite a sharp um, incline Uh, and if you look at uh, our other models we uh, would get up to about 24 degrees so we'll do another ten degrees on top of that, and some of the other entry level competitors would uh, be lucky to do fourteen uh, degrees as well. And I think that's a question for customers looking to to purchase a robotic mower. No, have a look at the slope of your be property, um, because maybe that entry level machine is not going to be able to handle uh, the slope. So certainly with the all wheel drive model, it's being designed to to for large slopes, and and part of that design is this articulated. So you can imagine it goes up this slope in a snake-like fashion, mm-hmm. um, whereas a conventional mower would just sort of go straight. And if it was just going in a straight line at that, at that incline, it would start to maybe slip backwards. Um, so by having the, the four-wheel drive motors and the snake-like effect, it, it enables it really to climb um, to those heights. And so wow. that's really the, where the, the 435X um, comes into its own. It's really been designed for those slopes. Uh, and that particular model can handle up to three thousand five hundred square meters uh, as well. That still covers a fairly large area. Uh, yeah, a so lot much. of a lot of um, government entities are looking uh, at the, at that slope possibility because the alternative is at the moment to send a person down with a brush cutter or a trimmer, and of course then that has oh and s issues associated with it. So they are looking at maybe automating that type of mowing area uh, and putting a a, a 435X model in.
0: Okay. And, and, I mean, this is... Moving quite rapidly if, if, in a way, because when we look at where you've sort of come from with, with mowers and, and the advances that you're making, there's a lot that's going on. I mean, you even mentioned integrating these into the smart home, which which still blows my mind that I can just ask, you know, my smart home assistant to get the mower to, to do the work for me. Sure. Where, where where else do you imagine this technology is going in terms of what Husqvarna can do for the garden in an autonomous way?
1: We have a lot in the pipeline. A <laughs> lot well, you sure can't much, talk about, it, I'm, I'm I'm sure <laughs> how much I can say. But there is a YouTube video on our um, Hasbana EPOS system, exact positioning system, which is currently um, undergoing testing in France, Germany, and the US. Hasbana uh, EPOS actually uses the signal from four GPS satellites and runs an algorithm. So what that means is it can pinpoint the exact location of the mower in the lawn um, okay. via a reference station. Uh, what it means in effect is we don't need that boundary cable anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that um, opens up a whole new uh, area. Uh, here in Australia, we've had a lot of commercial uh, people interested in, in the EPOS and, and there is a YouTube video um, available to, to see that. But, um, you know, some of the places that are looking at it are the lawn cemeteries, for example, because they want to be able to mow the lawns
0: yeah.
1: um, over, the, over the grave sites and maintain them in, in pristine condition. And, of course, having a boundary cable buried in the ground is not ideal for that. True. So I think there will be going forward, um, uh, that's one of the, the technologies. Uh, we're also looking at bringing out one, uh, another robotic mower that will be able to do football fields in, in one, one sort of go. Um, wow. So football fields are something like 15,000 square metres. So yeah. at the moment you can see the mowing size can be sometimes limiting um, or you've got to run multiple machines. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of technology and uh, as you probably know, every two or three years um, the technology doubles. Mm. So beyond
0: that, um, who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> We will wait and see. Now, the, the, the rest of the questions I've got here are really just about, you know, yourself and, and how you stay connected and things like that. Um, generally, fairly straightforward questions. I don't think sure. you'll get anything wrong. Um, there's, there is no right or wrong answer. Uh, what is your favourite app to keep you organised? To keep me organised? Um, I
1: don't know, probably my calendar and my, yeah. and my notes. Yep,
0: yeah, yeah. And what's your favourite social media app? Uh, Facebook, I I tend to use. And when you do have five minutes to spare between meetings, what's the first thing that you do on your phone? Um, well, I probably tend to check my mail <laughs> uh,
1: and see what's seen, see what's come through. Um, yeah. Then I'll check uh, maybe the weather reports. Oh, I use a lot of uh, different apps for different reasons.
0: Hmm. I couldn't say just, there's one, just, one in particular. Just on one. that, actually, around the around the uh, weather reports piece, I didn't ask, th- does the mower go um, during the rain as well or, or is it only going to really function properly during perfect sunlight?
1: No, no, it's fully weatherproof. Interesting. Um, so it can mow in, in the rain. Uh, there's no, no problems uh, at all with that. Maybe the only uh, thing to note, though, is if the lawn is a little bit soggy because of the tread on the tyres. Yeah, and the way that it's got to navigate now, it might actually back up and then spin. Um, it can tend to tear up the lawn if it's a little bit too damp. Okay, but but the mower itself mowing in the weather uh, is fine.
0: Okay, Um, do you wear a smartwatch or a traditional timepiece? No, no, I have a a smartwatch. Anything in particular? Uh, I have the Samsung G three. Yeah, cool. It it doesn't have a a Husqvarna app, does it?
1: No. No, so I think I have to go to the next one, so I'm, that's my next move.
0: I like that. And when you when you do fly, when we actually used to be allowed to to fly on airplanes, uh, did you use the in-flight entertainment system, or did you bring your own device?
1: No, I would tend to use the in-flight entertainment system. Uh, in some of them I might use the, um, I might use the device. If it depends who I'm flying with, Qantas, I think I can sometimes use the Qantas app.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but if I was but- in Virgin, I'd probably use the in-flight.
0: And what do you love to do to disconnect when you're getting away from technology? Uh, Well, I'm
1: getting away. I don't think you ever get away from technology, do you? I mean, (laughs) when I'm relaxing, I play Spotify. (laughs) I might play uh, Golf Clash, which is an app on your phone. (laughs) Oh, cool! Or I'll get into my garden if I want to get away from phones altogether.
0: I was going to say it can't. It can't be doing the doing the lawns because you've got something to do that for you.
1: Oh yeah, well, there's trimming and uh, then there's and pruning to be done.
0: Uh, true, I've got a true. lot of hedges,
1: so I use a hedge trimmer, blower. Yeah, particularly this time of year, with the leaves coming down. That's true. And I'm renovating, so by having a, an automobile, that's giving me an extra hour or two each weekend uh, to get other things done.
0: And that's got to be the biggest point around around this as well is giving back that extra time to do do other things and. Uh, this podcast is called Technology Uncorked, and usually uh, at the start of the show, I'm opening a bottle of wine, and I enjoy, enjoy a glass or two as I get through all the weekly news and reviews. Um, if, if we were sitting down for a drink, what would be your go-to? Uh,
1: I just tend to um, enjoy a glass of white wine.
0: Beautiful. Anything in particular? Uh, yes, a boatshed shed from Marlborough in New Zealand. Ah, oh, Yum. Yum. Love it, love it, Phil. You've been you've been amazing. I've I've learned a lot. I feel like this was just you and I having a chat, as if I'm uh, about to go and buy a a autonomous mower. And honestly, I feel like I could right now. I feel like I've got the information I needed to uh, to get that purchase done. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: A pleasure. Look, I mean, for anyone wanting more information, we've got a, a dealer network of three hundred and sixty around Australia. Um, I do the training on robotic mowers, so I know that they've all been pretty much trained. So if any any listeners want to get some more information, they can drop into a Husqvarna dealership um, and probably ask to see a a product and and have it demonstrated for them. Uh, We also um, use Google Earth Pro to drop site plans as well for customers, so we can see what, in a way, we're up against if we're going to do an installation. So there's plenty of, of support out there for listeners if they want to
0: get more information. Excellent, excellent, Phil. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, brilliant. Thank you very much for your time, Jeff. Thank you. Talk to you later.